young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the Wall Report. All aboard the AM departure from Platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Just because he's our guy and he jumps in here uh, for us on our podcast. If you guys have not checked out Mike Mack and the memes and in the interim is Ike Mack and memes. Our guy Auburn memes jumps in to give a little bit of his reaction to what's going on right now in the Auburn situation. (laughs) What's up memes? How's it going, man? Oh man, it's rolling. It's rolling. I'm not, uh, not in the studio. So, uh, can y'all hear me? Okay. Yeah, we yeah, got you coming through. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I uh, we're 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 actually in Auburn. We're in Studio Studio AU right now, so we don't have the prime setup. We're streaming streaming the uh, the audio here. We just got done just got done having a Twitter space. We had about five hundred people listening. This is hot right now. I, this is not how I expected to spend my Monday morning. I think the wild scenario here is today is Nick Saban's birthday, and tomorrow would have been Brian Harson's birthday. Oh, wow. Kind of a weird little uh, connection there. So anyway, yeah, we roll. We're rolling today. It's not like I said. I don't know if anybody was expecting this for a Monday morning, but uh, yeah, here we are. Yeah, definitely um, a little bit of a surprise. I w- I didn't have I didn't have this on my bingo card. Brian Harson fired in the middle of the day on a Monday. Let's get back in here to the super chats. Um, just some. I, if I missed your comment again, I'm sorry. The comments are like flowing through here so thank you for the super chat to you as well as david whitehead here dr doom jumps in and says go get prime period the end there's a lot of people who are pro coach prime right now jonathan harris calling reverend ike because he's preaching listen man it's not sunday but i could still go and give you the word (laughs) if i need to um we have joe kyle jumping back in what is the best guess on when we will hire a new coach Um, I don't think that we make a coaching decision until the end of the season because a lot of the candidates that are being thrown out there currently are employed somewhere. Right. Right. Like even if it's someone like a Jeff Grimes, who's an offensive coordinator right now, he does have a job that he has to do. And his team is squarely in contention for a um, to go to a a bowl game. So you're not going to want to throw a wrench in that situation or he's not going to want to throw a wrench in his own situation until then. So unless you're going to go hire Matt Rule, who currently is unemployed, I don't see how you make a coaching hire before uh, the end of November. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I I agree. I think the day after the Iron Bowl, we start hearing whisperings. We probably hear some names floated that week because there's no feelings to hurt at Auburn. If that's the case, you're not going to hurt any current coaching 
uh, anybody on our staff's feelings if you start floating new names. You hear those names pop up. I think within three days of the Iron Bowl ending, we have a new coach because we early signing day is right there. So you got to get some names in here. They've got to start talking to people quickly. Get get on the phone with the, the recruits that we have in pocket. Keep them in pocket. Get on the phone with the recruits that we may have been in contention for and, and pull them over to our side. It's got to happen quick. Um, I wouldn't be mad if it was like the last couple of days of the season, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, I, I think it happens within a, a couple of days of the Iron Bowl. Any thought on that, Memes? The interesting – we were actually talking about this on the uh, on the Twitter space we had – and I think the timing, and if you guys have already talked about this, uh, we're not double dipping my fault on that, but the timing too is like who these potential coaches are for what their postseason looks like. So which coaches are going to which bowls? That could be playing right. a factor into how interested in the timeline. And let's say you got a coach and they're playing playing at a bowl going into January, that might put a pretty big wrench into your timeline. Are they playing for a conference championship? So uh, that these are all big factors. Uh, let's jump back in here to the chat. James Barnett says, fellas, in your opinion, what happens with our current players moving forward? This will affect them. Also, what about current commitments? We've talked a little bit about the commitment side. Let's talk about the players that are currently here um, and what we feel that that is going to do to our current roster. I will start and say that I've heard rumor already that some players, if Brian Harson was let go, would immediately want to transfer. Um, and I'm not going to name any names because I'm going to let those players talk about their own fate. But I did hear about some names that Auburn fans were excited about for the future would be transferring if Brian Harson were let go. That's never a reason to keep a coach unless that number is like 60. <laughs> but right. it is a possibility that we see some names enter the transfer portal because either the head coach that they liked or the position coach that they like will no longer be at the school here. Thoughts about what this will do to the current roster? You know what? The, so the, one of the first things I thought about was when everything happened in February, we still picked up recruits between then and August or whenever we got our last recruit, September. Even though people did not like Brian Harson, the recruiter, he was getting people to recruit to Auburn University. It was not the high volume of people, but we've got a lot of really good players that other people want recruited to Auburn University, committed right now, not signed, of course, but committed. People like what Harson was selling. The product was not good. He couldn't sell that product. So you understand why we didn't have more recruits already. We had heard rumors that we were going to get more recruits. We were going to get a couple of more flips because the product was going to be the thing that tipped them over the top along with NIL getting going, which is it has started to. But he was a football coach and an earnest football coach. Maybe not the most likable if you want to go by what everybody thought of how he presented, but that's not the most important thing with the football coach. We make these comparisons all the time. There's a lot of football coaches that nobody likes, but they win. So who cares? People committed to Brian Harson in the same way that a lot of people commit to the coaches they're playing for when they commit. Wh whoever's there, uh, there, we all the departures from 2020 committed to Gus Malzahn. Just about all of them. Wait, I I'll have to check that. I believe all of the departures from 2020 initially committed to Gus Malzahn. So. If the guy that you talked to that convinced you to come isn't here, what are you sticking around for? This was going to happen. And yes, there could be some attrition in the commitment ranks and also on, currently on the roster because people actually 
bought what Harson was selling as far as play and development and, and improving and professionalism. So, yeah, it's possible that could happen. Now, I hope it's not the people that I'm looking forward to playing for. Because as much as the fan base hates the coach, the players didn't hate the coach. They may have hated how things were going. They may have hated strategically some things. I don't think players hated Brian Harson. So yeah, I, th- I think there's a mixed bag. I don't think any players hated Brian Harson. I think that they hated uh, um, some things that were happening around the program and some of the. Uh, I hate is a is maybe the wrong word. Strongly disliked is definitely accurate as far as what some players felt about their position coach and how things were being done strategically for whatever position it was that they were having, whether it's the defensive unit, offensive unit, whatever. I think the decision making around and and listen, I lamented this heavily yesterday on the program about this. And I've been talking about this, honestly, for weeks. As much as people want to say that the War Report is um, our Harson apologist channel, you guys really don't listen to the critiques that we have for this no, coaching staff. Not, like, I, I, can, I can separate my ideas around fair treatment for a person with the performance that they have at the program. Those are definitely two separate things, and I treat them separately. I think that a lot of players did love Coach Brian Harson. I think some of them didn't. And so we'll see kind of where that parses out going forward. But um, any thoughts, memes on current player movement? To the question about the players moving forward, I think this is a cancel-out type situation. You've got a deal where you're naturally going to lose a guy that you were really looking forward to seeing or who is making an impact on the team. And you're going to probably get some guys who you'd probably safely argue otherwise that they weren't going to come. This is going to be, this is a natural thing with college football. I mean, every year you see it happen, even when you do have the same coach and staff. I think you see it even more extreme. Maybe you have guys that declare to go pro that maybe could have potentially stayed. I, I like to think of kind of the situation of like Anthony Schwartz and or Seth Williams, who when right, Gus left, right. I'm thoroughly right. convinced that one, if not both, may have stayed had Gus stayed. Right. But will we know? We don't. It's just a, it's it's just theories unless they come out and confirm it. I think you're gonna have a similar situation here. I think there's gonna be a possibly a transfer that's really just gonna be a major gut punch. But I think once it's all said and done, whoever comes in is going to snag some recruits and some transfers that probably wouldn't have gotten otherwise. We don't know. I would just tell everybody, be prepared for a lot of good, be prepared for a lot of bad, and hopefully that with the new staff doing what they need to do, that Auburn will be on the top side of that. But to say this is going to be painless across the board, especially with player retention, that's just right. that's just not how it works. Listen, this happened at Tennessee, right? When Coach Heupel was uh, brought in after uh, Coach Pruitt was let go, they had a huge exodus of players, and Coach Heupel got the ship right. He was able to find some guys in the transfer portal. He was able to get some recruits in. He already had a stable of guys that were going to remain, and he was able to get it together up there. So change is going to have to happen, and it's going to be some people that you like. It's going to be some people that you didn't like, didn't know, and it's going to feel awful. And people are going to say, oh, look, he's ruining our program because this person left and this person left. But ruining the program, I think, is kind of – that that's a, a little bit too much of a surface evaluation of what's right. been happening right now, but right. we'll see how it plays out over the next couple of days, but just expect it to happen. Um, jumping back in here to the chats. Cause there are a lot of chats guys. Again, I'm trying to get through these as quickly as I can. Um, uh, Joseph Creech says, congrats to Harson on the greatest financial investment of his life. Potential buyouts alone may be a huge factor in us pulling a top name. Uh, listen, it's a lot of money to have to put up out the door and it's a lot of money to buy out some of these people like Lane Kiffin out of their contracts to bring them in the door. So there's a lot of money that people are talking about kind of casually like, oh, 
like we're talking about 15 million for Harson, and we're talking about somewhere in the range of 50 million to buy Lane Kiffin out of his contract, if not more. That's just me doing. I, I, I've run the numbers on a couple of people that have been thro- floated around over the last couple of weeks, and I get confused on where those numbers uh, land. But but it's a lot. Of I money. think I think Lane Kiffin's buyouts lower. I want to say it was maybe in the neighborhood of. I want to say somewhere between maybe like 12 to 18 million. Is that it? Wow. They had some immaculate offset language in Kiffin's contract then because he's still got a lot of years left. Yeah. I think there was, I think the buyout was a lot less than what he was actually getting paid. I mean, it's still on the, let's just say that is on, that's on the lower end of that. I mean, that still puts Auburn in the neighborhood of $30 million to get a coach out, bring a coach in. And then You've got to beat the salary. So I mean, Lane Kiffin's already making somewhere in the neighborhood of seven and a half million. You don't you don't pull a Derek Mason and just take a pay cut or a lateral pay. If you're gonna make if you're right. gonna do all that hugabaloo, you're gonna get a little bit more money. So what do you pay him? Eight million, nine million, ten million? Right. I mean, that's a that's a lot of to me, if you're paying a coach in that neighborhood that doesn't have a national championship, that's a really right. high risk type of situation. Even with right. coaches that do have national championships. Texas A&M. We can laugh at them all day long. That's a lot of money to be tying up. So if the next guy doesn't work, I mean, and you're looking at the neighborhood of like, geez, we're looking at 50, 60, 70, $80 million. I know we're getting these big TV contracts, but there's got to be a breaking point for this. That's what they got to think about. Yeah, there's a lot of considerations here besides just who we think is the best coach. It's got to be a financial decision that makes sense for the people who have to cut the checks. And I am not one of those people. Don L jumps in. This will be our second early signing period in three years that is down the drain. I don't know that we're there yet as far as it being down the drain, but it's yeah. a, it's an uphill battle um, trying to figure out how to hold this recruiting class together and having the incentive of people on the current staff to try to be the ones that pull that together. Like right. if you're on this current staff and you don't know if you're going to be retained you're recruiting a bunch of guys, but do you want them to sign during the early period? Or do you want to say, hey, commit to us and wait until the late signing period to do that? And if I'm gone, I'll just try to come get you from where I'm at. Right. Like, right. I don't know what you do if you're in that scenario. If you're somebody right. like a Rock Bell and Tony, who's who isn't one of the names that people are throwing out here of like, oh, they're an Auburn legacy. They have to be retained. Right. Um, if you are. um I mean, even an Ike Hilliard, right? Like, he's not an Auburn guy. People love the job that he's done, but he's not an Auburn guy. Like, what true incentive does he have to go out there and work super hard on the recruiting trail to go get wide receiver recruits to come in or even try to convince the guys that are currently in here not to jump in the portal? He doesn't have any guarantee of what his next job is going to be. So does he sit here and stump for Auburn really hard? I don't know the answer to that. I hope that he would, but I don't know. What, What are you guys' thoughts? Um, I, I agree with you that that's, that's the risk of, of getting rid of everybody really quickly, but also you get, it's fair to recruits to get rid of the coach early. So, you know, that things might not be what you sign on to. If you sign early, the worst thing to do would be to let somebody sign and you're like, Hey, well, everybody's going to be here or keep the head coach through. And then you go, got it. Okay. X now new coach, new staff go for a regular signing day and get us some more guys. I think that's the worst way you can do it. Now, all those players could essentially just use a transfer but even then it's kind of scummy to use their one get out of jail free card mm-hmm. because you weren't being honest with them this is the most honest thing to do so recruits have time um whatever avenues there are for players to talk to prospective players about nil and what it can do for them 
I think the one benefit from this change early is that you get the assistant coaches who are still in place, the interim head coach, can actually create some positivity in the locker room because I think we we saw the beginning of a downturn of morale, Arkansas. That that was the beginning of a downward spiral, and that's why this moment of firing Brian Harson makes sense because we can't let it go where it's about to go. No, no, that was it. If they were fighting hard, we were in some close games, even if against teams we could have beaten, we thought we had the, the horses to compete against, we didn't do it. We got embarrassed. We got embarrassed at home. The players looked defeated. The coaches looked defeated. This is the time. Now, let them at least save the morale. Let them save the spirits of the players because the players do recruiting just as much as the coaches do. The players come here, uh, the prospective recruits come here, and they get paired up with the player that's here. That player like, man, I'm about to get out of here, man. I don't know what to tell you. Look, go down there. They got some decent food. The girl's all right. Don't, I'm, I'm about to get out of here. I'm going so-and-so. You want, me, you want me to talk to where I'm going? That's what you don't want to happen. And if we had continued along that path after the piss poor effort we saw this past weekend, we could have got there. So early signing day maybe has a chance. The question is, are the recruits that had committed on board with the school or are they on board with the staff? We don't know that. Janoris Wilson clearly was like, I don't know what's going on down there. I'm out. Um, But you you have guys like Braden Joyner, who has been stumping for Auburn since the moment that he committed here. Um, is, Is he just elated to be an Auburn commit or was he really high on someone on this staff? Um, right. That had him um, Clay Whedon, you know, he was committed to come to come over here in the transfer portal. Is he going or he was the former Michigan State uh, guy? Is he still mm-hmm. going to be coming? There's a lot of what ifs out here. So I don't know. I don't know the answer to any of that stuff. Did you have anything you want to say about that one means before we move on to some more comments? No, I was going to say just real, just a really quick thing to add on to the just the early signing day debacle. I mean, I think that just kind of goes to show with what happened with COVID and a coaching change, just all these other things that were going on. I mean, it's just, it's, there's been a lot of bad luck with this in the last few years and consistency helps level that out. And that's, that's what they got to get to. And as Alan Green famously said with the firing of Gus, there was no hope. And I I feel like people would safely say there's less hope now than there was back then. And I think you've got to get some of that, got to get some of that back. Did you guys talk about, um, uh, Norris Wilson? Yeah, uh, we did committing already. already. Okay. Yeah, somebody actually that. super chatted that here just so, to bring it up again. Janoris Wilson, our only tackle, has now decommitted. He did three-star uh, commit. Janoris Wilson said with everything that's going on down there, he's decommitting from Auburn right now. So, again, there's just got to be some stability happening for, before recruits are going to want to be here, and that's just the reality of what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, War Eagle 392 says, generally, I'm generally no pro, not a pro-fire midseason um, I was a firm believer in making Harson wear that losing record for his career forever. But when he's trying to burn players red shirts with a minute and 30 left, I'm done. There's been a lot of people saying that this was the case uh, as far as now it's factual that someone's red shirt got burnt Saturday. Um, but the question is, was he was he malicious in attempting to do that? Was he just unaware of what's happening? There are so many questions I have about how player yeah. rotations happen yeah. because what you in and, and you're. I guess you're hoping that Coach Harson is aware of that when somebody checks into the game. He's like, oh, wait a minute. No, don't check such and such in. He's about to redshirt, pull him back out. Like, that's got to be something that everybody is aware of, I guess. I just don't know what to even think about that. And if that is true, that he was maliciously just trying to take someone's eligibility away, he's like, well, I ain't going to be here. Screw your eligibility. That is a horrible thing. But right. 
Um, any anybody have any thoughts on that? Because that's been getting stuff like this floats around, and you hear people say it. And even if someone, it's clear that their eligibility was gone as far as a red shirt is concerned. That does also not mean that that was a malicious intent by anybody on the staff. But anyway, any right. thoughts on that? Because yeah, I remember, didn't Gus and company burn Asa Martin's red shirt inadvertently mm-hmm. that year? I mean, it was. I'm sure it's an accident. It's still a, a terrible oversight. I need to know if it was intentional before right. we throw. Like that's that's what I want to know. Was it intentional? It, it, it was either accidental and that makes it a clown show, or it was intentional and that makes it malicious. Fireable. And, yeah, yeah. So, um, but I I don't know what it was. If we're talking about somebody who was redshirting here, then that's somebody who probably wasn't playing, and. I, I think our focus is going to be, I'm glad we have every player that we have that they want to be here. But if you don't want to be here, then they're going to go anyway. If they don't want to be here, they're going to leave. I'm I'm worried about the people who want to be here, who want to stay, and who want to come here, who are prospective uh, players who, I'm looking at some of the reactions now from, from the players as different sites are getting some of the comments. I'm interested in, in seeing who wants to be here no matter what and who may have committed to the coach because I'm seeing some people were really big on brian harson so yeah we'll see uh let's see mr tyrone jumps in and says he wants urban My- or he's no urban My- no, no no <laughs> no no an emphatic no from b will on urban meyer urban meyer is a now. loser who had a plethora of talent if you if you're gonna have talent an right of talent. like that's good wait, wait. right this is this is the difference though when he didn't have the talent in florida when he had a legendary college football coach leave, now he's got heart problems. Ohio State, right? Okay, so you get, and it's not just like an Ohio State stacked team that is usually in Ohio State because they're stacked every year. That Ohio State team in 2014 was otherworldly stacked. It's like the same four or five star recruiting you do, except more of them turned out to be studs than you thought. It's like, oh, wow, you NFL pro, NFL pro, NFL pro, NFL pro. Okay, wow, we really got something here. Now, you don't know that. You're just recruiting them in case some one of them doesn't work out. You got some backups. Otherworldly, and he won. How many years was Urban Meyer a head coach, and how many times did he win a national championship? At Ohio State, excuse me. Ohio State, with never had less talent than anybody he played in the Big 12. So 13 games, he out-talented everybody. Big 10. Big 10, I'm sorry. 13 games, he out-talented every team on his schedule and lost with the core of that national championship team to a mid-Michigan State team the next year. What are you doing? I mean, get, no, stop. Stop talking about it. Went to the NFL and got proven to be the clown show that we thought he was, not because he couldn't win on that level, but all of the stuff that the, play, the players hated Urban Meyer. Hated him. They thought he was a clown. No, don't bring him here. Do not bring him here. He about to be the new Jimbo. <laughs> be will not a fan of Urban Meyer as a hire. Noted. David Whitehead, could we get the Dallas Cowboys DC or try to get Joe Brady? I don't even know who the d- defensive coordinator is right now for the Dallas Cowboys. Dan Quinn, former Atlanta Falcon oh, head coach. Hey, uh, I mean, I don't know Dan Quinn as a college. Let man, listen, college coaches. And like, there's just different, it's a different, like, I get that college is going in the direction of what the NFL feels like as far as semi-pro is what people are calling it now with the transfer portal and NIL. It's still a different beast to be a college hedge co- head coach 
than what it is to be an NFL coach. You might be great with the X's and O's and all. It's it's different, man. It's a different animal to be a college coach because mainly because of the recruiting piece. The recruiting piece is hard. And then you have staff attrition at a much higher level in your key places as far as offensive and defensive coordinator because they're Mm -hmm. getting hired away at an alarming rate especially to go to the NFL just because you can't pay them the same kind of salaries that you would right. um, in college. And so you have, uh, it's a difficulty to be able to put a, and that's why what Nick Saban has done is is so impressive because he's been able to sustain success over a long period of time with all the difficulty because name another coach that's done that. Now he's had all of the resources, but you talk about resources. Texas A&M got resources. Texas got resources. Michigan got resources. Uh, Oklahoma got resources. None of them have done with their resources what Nick Saban has done with his. Right. It's it's hard to do. Kirby Smart's on the path to doing that, but it's just difficult to have sustained year in and year out national title contention success even with a lot of resources. So being a head coach in, in, in college football, it's just way different. Right. And then the expectations you see right now, like you can be, you can be the best X's and O's guy in the world, but you're bad at all of this other management stuff. That's going to take to be kind of a, an aficionado at the college level. And Mm -hmm. it just won't work. I don't know if Dan Quinn is that guy is my point in that. I'm not saying he isn't. I'm just saying I don't know that he is. Joe Brady is another one of those where I don't know. He was great as, I mean, Dan Quinn's time as a head coach, not particularly great, right? In in Atlanta, he was just kind of okay, right? Um, Joe Brady's never been a head coach. So how, how do you know how Joe Brady will do as a head coach? You don't know the answer to that. Will they have good X's and O's, good schemes? Maybe. Are they gonna have the personnel? Maybe, right? Like. I don't know. So I don't I don't really have a definitive yes or no for either of those guys. Uh, any thoughts on that before I move to the next one? All right. A Mac no. jumps in. Never good for someone to lose their job. And I wish Harson the best. Now I believe Luke Fickle will do well at Auburn. I, I would I would hear I will hear arguments regarding Luke Fickle as a potential head coaching candidate for Auburn University. I will hear these arguments. <laughs> Let the debates begin. Um, he he has definitely built since it snatty up from when Tuberville was in his, yeah, who cares? I'm collecting the check phase at the end of his career. And he he burned it down. Not really, but kind of. Luke Fickle went in there. He didn't have a lot to work with. He wasn't even like the hottest recruiter. Because that's not what he did at Ohio State. He was just a really good defensive coach. He built him up. I, I mean, a, a, a uh, playoff berth is better than we, we've had here. I know the competition isn't great. I get it. It's, it's not great. But what you do by giving a coach who at least knows how to do the job access to facilities and recruiting and, and means is you see if he can be more than just a good coach, if he can be a great one. Now it's a gamble. It's a gamble like any other, but you're talking about somebody who at least has been in the same spot for long enough, has improved the longer he's been there. I like those things. So um I'm 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 for that as a possibility. Got anything to add on that memes? Yeah, I mean, I think you're gonna have the same there, it, if it goes good, it goes good. If it goes bad, it's going to be the same kind of stuff. You got an outsider. You got a guy who didn't have the SEC connections, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. 
don't know how to recruit the South. I mean, you, you have you can potentially have some of the same arguments that you had with Harson because I mean, Pickle and Harson were both winners at their respective schools, and then you just say, oh, this, that job wasn't as big, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I don't know. I just feel like if that's the argument you have with Harson and you support this hire, then that just that's confusing to me. That's that's really all I've got on it. We are going to get back to these comments here in just a second. But if you guys didn't know, we are talking about, of course, the uh, dismissal of Coach Brian Harson. We're giving away a shirt today, the He Gone shirt. This is just a, a tradition that we have here when somebody leaves. Hashtag get your weight up in the comments. We're going to do that giveaway here in about 10 minutes. So you guys have 10 more minutes to get in on this before I start pulling names. But hashtag get your weight up in the comments to be able to be a part of this giveaway of the He Gone t-shirt. Um, and we'll do that here again in just about 10 minutes. Let's get back into some of these comments, though, because there's still plenty of them. We appreciate you guys being in here with us. If you haven't already, make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel, and uh, we'll love to see you guys on uh, Wednesday when we talk about the upcoming matchup against Mississippi State. But next here, we got Christian Crawford, who said, did y'all see College Dang Day last week? Dion isn't going anywhere. Black folks will despise him for the following the money. He will entertain for strategic purposes, but I don't think he's leaving. Uh, listen, he's committed to the job that he's done with these uh, HBCUs and trying to get them more notoriety. But he also said in a 60 Minutes interview that he, he'd be a fool not to entertain the possibility more so for the coaches that are on his staff, which brings into question how many people is he trying to bring up with him from the HBCU ranks right. um, to have an opportunity to get paid for real to do what they love to do at coaching. But any right. thoughts on this comment? Yeah, so I think Dion's making less than a million dollars. Mm-hmm. So, I it, Dion doesn't need the money. He's got retirement from two major sports that he's getting paid, along with whatever investments he's made. Um, his kids are probably about to be rich because I think Shador is playing well right now. He doesn't need the money, and also it's a very very hard job. Dion, like something's wrong with. I think it's his hip that's hurt, so he's got like a scooter on the sidelines. Like Dion's not. He had a a, a surgery on one of his toes. Oh, okay. His his body is broke. I wonder if he wants to hit the road to do what this job takes to do. It's a very it's a very difficult job. I know he's he's been doing that, but I think it gets ratcheted up another level at Auburn. Does he want to expend that energy just for his guys to get paid? I mean, it would be admirable. How it much would do you be think Saban hits the road? Mm, now. I mean, he could probably just send a text and do the same thing that the same effect is showing up in person. I don't think he hit it as much as he used to 10 years ago, but I don't, I don't know. And, and, and the only reason I say that is, do you think Dion has enough name recognition and cachet that he might not have to be on the road a lot as long as he puts a good staff together? He just has to close the deal. That's true. I think that's probably a lot of what we would see um, or what he could get away with doing. Maybe he does more up front. You know, I don't, I don't know, but he would. There would be some backlash against Dion. From black people, especially one thousand percent, they already mad at him right now at the HBCU ranks. They they think he's turning the mm-hmm. swag into a sideshow as opposed to a you know whatever. So right because he ain't swag. Yeah, if he left, they definitely would be jumping down his throat one hundred percent. Yeah, and so that's that's why I'm not. I I still don't really think he's up for grabs necessarily. He said I have to entertain it. He didn't say I'm definitely leaving. He didn't say I'm definitely leaving for Power Five. He said I have to entertain it. Mm-hmm. And I think that got everybody excited, but I, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm still. I don't think Dion is seriously considering 
taking a job in the Power Five level, a huge job where football is is the most important thing that happens on campus. I that it drives the economy of the city. Like that's 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 something that's different from Jackson State and different from most HBCUs. Auburn is an economy. Auburn football is any major SEC program is an economy. It drives other sports. It drives the city. It drives uh, notoriety. It drives recruitment. Like for students to come here and get money for the for the student base that's here, and that's those stakes aren't there for HBCU, but it is there for Auburn. I don't know if if Dion's up for all that. I don't know. Any thoughts on that, memes? Yeah, I think it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. I mean, I think no matter and no matter who which coach, and I, I think for Dion for sure, there's just. So, I mean, just there's so many spotlights on him. No matter what happens, I mean, that's that's just part of being that's part of being famous. Let's be honest. No matter mm-hmm. what you do, it's going to be criticized. If yeah. you stay, people, I think, be will hit the nail on the head. You, he, he's not slack to set another. <laughs> if you go, oh, you're chasing the money. You're a sellout. So, I mean, it just it sucks when you're in those positions to where, well, no matter what I do, there's going to be people who are upset, and that just that kind of comes with it. In the end of the day, he's got to do what's right for him, what's right for his family, what's right for his career, and that 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 ball's going to be on him, and that's just part of it. You got to tune out what uh what the negativity and what the haters say, and it's yeah. I mean, ultimately, I think Dion's going to do the bet, make the best decision for whatever he thinks is the best for not just his future but his legacy, because I think he's very concerned about what his legacy that he leaves behind. So um, we'll see. Lawrence Robinson jumps back in. Facts on the narrative, Ike. I was hopeful, but a lot of us think that you, even if you question Harson's ability to control what you can control, I don't think he he did that well. And this is right. exactly what I was saying. Again, if you only listen to me say, hey, these are the things that I feel like Harson got screwed on, you miss me saying things like, I don't know that Harson did a great job of mitigating the other factors that he had 100% control over. Right. And I think he could have done a better job in those areas. If you And, and that was a, a thing that he even said himself. I can only control what I can control. I don't think he controlled what he had fully within his grasp very well. There were some things that I think that could have been done a lot better during this Brian Harson tenure um, that ultimately, you know, when, when things are out of your control and they're going poorly and the things that are in your control are going poorly, what do you have left? Like, what, what, are, what are we doing here? Right. With what he had control of, he didn't do a good enough job of it. Yeah. That, that's it. Mr. Tyrone says, give me Urban Meyer. We've already gone down the no. Urban Meyer train. We'll continue here. Sorry, Tyrone. <laughs> Philip Coleman says, $15 million gift for Harson. Hell of a gift to receive. Hey, listen, he earned it. Yeah. Um, so it's not really a gift. Um, it, it, he, he nego- They negotiated the contract beforehand, and yeah. he came in and he did his job for the time that he was here. So I, I get everybody's like, I'm not crying any tears over somebody who's got $15 million. That didn't mean that he wanted this to be the outcome guys. Like right. I get it. You know, cynicism aside, I don't think coach Brian Harson wanted to be fired today. So uh, Cody Hughes, uh, what do you think about possibly Neil Brown at West Virginia? Look what he did at Troy. Any thoughts on Neil Brown? Um, I I don't have any thoughts on Neil Brown because I don't know why I I don't, I don't know anything about him, what Troy was when he was there or what West Virginia has done there. Okay. This year, but people's perception of a job that a coach did largely has to do with, did you get the right players 
in the right spots. That's that's it. We're making a lot about did you have did, he's a great coach or a bad coach. If Josh Heupel has Joe Milton instead of Hendon Hooker, we're not talking about Josh, Josh Heupel or Tennessee, and they're not that good. They're good, but they're not great. Best case. He got the right guy, though. That's a credit to him. But let's not make his entire coaching tenure and his evaluation about having to get the one right guy. I would have told you after 2014 that Gus, Gus was the right guy. And I was telling people, Bama fans, Auburn fans, Gus was the right guy. Look what we just did. Nick Marshall. Nick, Nick Marshall was almost the entirety of the fluid offense that Gus Malzahn ran. And we ran it one year outside of that. One. Eight years, one guy was the bulk of the offensive success. And other than that, they put it together for 2017. And it wasn't even, it wasn't as good as 2013 or 14 with Marshall. He got the guy, though. He got the guy that he could build the program's identity on. And it worked. We were Auburn fans for like six years. Were we actually Auburn fans later? Not really. But that's what you got to do. You got to get the right guy. I don't know if Neil Brown has the right guy right now. He might be a great coach, but he hasn't had the right guy yet. So what happens? I don't know. Because I, I, he hasn't had the right guy to put the program over the top and have everything looking good. When he needs to find that guy. Uh, a. Francis Court says, Dion is not a proven coach. Dion hasn't coached any against one team that there was even a comparable talent. He's only coached one big game and lost to a grossly undersized, less talented South Carolina State team. I, I remember that. I mean, you know, uh, f- football still ain't easy. Yeah. Football still ain't easy. Having all the talent in the world does not guarantee you victories. Hello, Jimbo Fisher. Yeah. Ben Bloodworth says, imagine beating Jimbo with an interim head coach. Be oh, my Bill. God. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That would be so, that would be magnificent. Oh, my God. Oh man. Yeah, that that would be oh, comedy wow. for sure. I would definitely uh I would enjoy coming onto that Sunday show just so B Will could revel about that one. Renaissance man jumps in. <sighs> Thoughts on Bus Champ. Uh I was against the idea, but after talking with a friend, I'm warming up to it. I think his style fits Auburn. He recruited two of the best players in the last decade, C D and J H. So that is um Carlton Davis and J H. J.H.? J.H. is. I don't know who J.H. is. Wait, who did we recruit in 2015? Coward did not work. Um, we got Pass Rusher. He left in 2017. He had a really big year. Who was our best Pass Rusher in 2017? I can't, I can't think of his name right Carl now. Lawson. Who uh, Carl Lawson. Carl Lawson been gone. Tomas Sensei Mud? Yeah. Holland, that's what we mean, Jeff Holland. Yeah, yeah, that was all 2015 class. Gotcha, Jeff so, Holland. I mean, he did. Now, listen, Muschamp did. I think the defense would be humming with Muschamp. Mm-hmm. What has Muschamp done as a head coach that gives people confidence? Exactly. Him? His None. stops at Florida and South Carolina have both been disastrous. Couldn't find the right OC. And couldn't... Could never get an offense, specifically no. quarterback. So right. I just don't know... I don't know. I don't know about that one, cuz. Let's see. Again, I I am trying to get through these super chats as quickly as I can. Coach Anderson says, maybe the athletes respond well. Cloud has been removed. Maybe the young bucks get some mileage on the tires. Just go play ball and control what you can control. I mean, listen, uh, if 
if what we're hearing about the red shirt situation is true, players don't want to get an uh, get mileage on the tires. They want a red shirt, right. right? So I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Um, Chris Brown jumps in with a super chat. I'm sure I missed your actual comment, but I apologize for that. Uh, Andrew yeah. Jacobs, I'll get memes jumping back in here. Do y'all think we get Landon and AD, et cetera, back out of the transfer portal now? I think this has a lot to do with who we hire, but go be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that this depends on who we hire, but I don't think the people, the reason people are redshirting was because they dislike the coach. I think they redshirted because we suck and they don't want to burn eligibility to play for a bad team that wasn't going anywhere. Right. Because I think if we're good and they're not playing, then you stick around. You don't know what's going to happen, man. You can, you got the bowl game. If you're really, really good, you get in the playoff. You got a playoff. You're going to get all this merch. You're going to get to take some trips with your, with your team. There's a lot to be around for, and you, you at least have confidence that things are going to go the right direction. There's going to be some continuity next year, so you'll be alive for some stuff next year. But when you take all that off the table and you lose, players don't want to play. So I think that's why people have jumped in the portal, because we're, we're losing. We're a bad team. Do we get those two players back? Listen, man, it's completely possible that if you get the right hire, that we are suddenly in play for players who may have a higher ceiling than Landon King or AD Diamond and then you I, I mean well, I don't know. Thing, it's not their decision at this point in time right. either. Like right. once you go into the portal, you don't get to decide like you can remove your name from the portal, I guess, you know, cuz you're technically still at Auburn, which I think that they're going to have to figure out how to change that and not allow guys to just jump in and jump back out of the portal. While like there's just a lot of things around the transfer portal rules that I think are going to be changing coming up because of situations like this, because when you think about Landon King, AD and et cetera, they still had access to the facility. They could come in and do what they want to. And they could have been on somebody else's team next year. Right. Like you don't if you if you leave my team. And this this is this is the petty y'all know if y'all watch the show, y'all know I got a lot of petty in my soul. If you leave my team. Leave my building too. Yeah, like you shouldn't be on scholarship. Nothing. Like I don't like nothing. If you decided, hey, I don't think I want to stick around here. Good luck to you. Right. Thank you for your services. Because listen, if if I decided, it, it, it's people are treating. If you want to treat it like employment, people are treating this like it's employment. It's like it's transfer portal is almost like putting your resume out there. And yeah, you, I'm going to keep my job, but I'm going to go do some job hunting. But it shouldn't be like that, in my opinion. It should be. I agree. Once you put your resume in. And honestly, there's a lot of employers that are like this. Like, oh, you put your resume out there? Great. Right. You're looking for a new job. You don't need this one. Right. Right. I got a, I got a few things I want to jump on while I had to jump off real quick. The, the, I'm going to combine the Neil Brown and the Muschamp comments into one real, real fast. Big okay. thing Auburn can't do. If they're looking at coaches that were either recent failed head coaches or coaches at other schools are looking to push out the door, and I know some West Virginia people, they would not be sad if Neil Brown left. I think they really think that Neil Brown left a lot to be desired there, especially what he, what they thought was going to be really good with JT Daniels, et cetera, et cetera. So, and I know everybody talks about his time at Troy, but also remember Cornelius Williams was at Troy with Neil Brown that didn't work out very well at the wide receiver coach. He didn't make it past, what, five, mm -hmm. six games last season? So just because somebody did well at a local school at that level that's not necessarily going to translate up here. We've seen that already. I wouldn't fall for that farce. And Muschamp, he's had zero success as a head coach. He's failed already twice at two SEC schools. 
don't know why people think it's going to be any different this go round. He was a great coordinator. He's a good coordinator at Auburn twice. That is not the move to make unless he proved that he can just do it at this level. And Auburn does not need to be the experimental job, especially the situation they're in. Don't. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't buy that. I, I just don't buy. I don't buy that at all. So. 